Welcome back to episode 150 of the Draft FC podcast. Welcome back to the Draft FC podcast, the podcast and website dedicated to all things official Draft FPL. My name is Mitch and your host for another Game Week preview, going over waiver options, hidden gems and general Premier League chat ahead of Game Week 16. Now I'll say straight off the bat that I'm recording this on Thursday the 7th of December, so Game Week 15 is still yet to conclude, still got two games to play this evening, Everton and Newcastle and Spurs against West Ham, so obviously anything that happens as a result of those fixtures will not be included in the discussion today. Now the format of today seems slightly different to what you're used to in the Game Week preview episodes or maybe sounds less prepared than usual. That is for very good reason. That is because I am less prepared than usual. Um, I've barely even had a chance. I've just about caught up with all of the goals from uh, the weekend and midweek and uh, injuries and everything else that's been going on. So if this does sound a little bit more rambly, that is slightly by design uh, and it will be business as usual for the next gaming preview. I also do want to acknowledge here at the beginning uh, another milestone episode for the podcast, episode 150. Many thanks to all of you that continue to listen every week. We just had our podcast Spotify wrapped, which um, as well as getting it as as a user, podcast creators also get a Spotify wrapped in terms of their listenership um, and growth for the year. And that was obviously only applies to those of you that listen on Spotify. But it was very pleasing to see that the um, the number of listeners, subscribers and everything uh, has grown nicely in the last year so yeah just want to from from myself and the other guys at draft fc want to take a little opportunity to uh, thank you all for your continuing support both from listening to this and those of you that are subscribed to the website it means a lot uh, and drives us on to keep going and um, keep going we will but anyway enough of that let's talk about some draft picks <laughs> So let's start with Waiver Watch. Um, the main players coming in ahead of this game week, uh, this midweek game week. The top player in was Debravka. For Newcastle, his ownership went up to about 50%. So he's seen pretty decent growth now over the last two game weeks and not surprising um, given the value that that Newcastle goalkeeping spot holds. Um, say the proof will be in the pudding over the next few weeks whether or not that has that big an impact on their defensive and clean sheet capabilities. Um, Enzo Fernandez was second. Uh, Giovanni Lacelso came up as well. Livramento, Robinson, and William for Fulham at the end. So a good few of you were able to take advantage of their impressive result yesterday. Five 0 win at home to uh, Forest. Not a result I would have called if you'd have given me uh, a week to think about it. Interestingly, William and Robinson probably two of the um, the lower beneficiaries of that big result. Um, Biggest one was Andreas Pereira, whose ownership hasn't been that high this season because of very low uh, attacking returns. But three assists in that match gave him 15 points and surged him up. Alex Awobi, of course, got two goals. Raul Jimenez got two goals and actually looked, well, looked like his old self, to be perfectly honest. Not really the sort of performance and the look from him. Just general demeanour in his performance since he was wearing a Wolf shirt. I mean, it's really nice to see. I didn't personally think... It was ever going to get back to that. Obviously, it remains to be seen how consistent that can be. Um, but, you know, nothing against the bloke. Would love to see him get back to the form he had at Wolves, considering the nasty injury that he had 
Um, and a good opportunity over the next few weeks for Fulham to put a couple more results together, which I'll mention very shortly. And the other one that stood out, um, and again, sort of beneficiary really of having such a fixture congestion, was uh, was Tom Kenny. I thought he really stood out as well, um, and he ended the he ended the match with a goal and a nice eight points too. The main players that were leaving last week um, were Asia for Brentford, Joel Matip, Gallagher, Aina, Zuma and Lindelof for United. So looking at the fixtures for this weekend, I think some of the standouts here, Brighton at home to Burnley. Brighton are just starting to find a bit more of a rhythm, even despite the number of injuries they've got. They're obviously one of a few teams that have got a massive injury list at the moment, but I think at home to Burnley... Um, should be a comfortable one for them. United at home to Bournemouth on paper should be a good game for United. Um, regardless of, of what you think their form is or what I think their form has been this season, their position in the league table doesn't really lie. Um, and so, yeah, I would expect that should be a decent result and a clean sheet there. Sheffield United at home to Brentford is an interesting one. Obviously, since uh, we last podded, Chris Wilder has uh, has returned to the hot seat and I think um, that was a change that was coming sooner rather than later obviously trying to rely on a new manager bounce uh, welcoming Liverpool at the moment not ideal but certainly welcoming Brentford especially given the injury to Brian and Bumo and the fact that Ivan Tony still isn't about um, presents a good opportunity for them to, to put a good statement home performance in I still don't see how Sheffield United survive this this season they've definitely been the poorest but you know we've seen them put up a very impressive uh, season under Wilder um, not too many years ago with a number of very similar players to the ones that he had a few years ago which is both a blessing and a curse um, but yeah I certainly wouldn't bet against Sheffield United getting a result in that game and particularly for those of you in uh, in larger leagues you know 14, 15, 16 teams where defenders are really difficult to come by may not be the worst week to punt on a Sheffield United defender when there certainly will be um, probably most of them available to you the next fixture up is also um, kind of along the same lines. Wolves against Forest. Both teams not particularly impressive this season. But, and, and say Nottingham Forest coming off the back of a 5-0 away defeat to Fulham. Um, you know, I've, I've said it more than once. that The difference between their home and away form going back to their return to the Premier League last season is, is massive. And that was just further demonstrated by that demolition that they got against a, a Fulham team that quite frankly have been poor so far this season. Um, naturally, um, Cooper is now seemingly under a little bit of pressure for his job. And, you know, I'm not surprised. Again, the league table doesn't lie. They're right down there, less than a point per game. Not good enough considering the quality of some of the players that they've managed to add this summer. And they really need to start putting in some performance for him uh, very quickly. Wolves, on the other hand, just starting to show signs of uh, getting settling in comfortable into mid-table. Huang just um, really turning into a superstar for them at the moment always good value for a goal um, just remains to be seen how tight they can keep things at the back and on the Sunday um, Fulham who I've already talked about have uh, they welcome West Ham to them so they've got another home game in which they'll be looking to build on that big statement win against Forest and then up until Boxing Day they follow that up they've got a tricky trip um, away to Newcastle at St James's Park but then then got Burnley at home and Bournemouth away so you know, 
you could see it as a reactionary to start bringing in the likes of Andreas Pereira, Iwobi, Willian, etc. If, if they're not taken already. But this is where, you know, you can get come into a nice moment where the form meet the fixtures. And I would certainly be punting on a few of those guys um, this week with a view to the coming weeks as well. Now, if we're taking a slightly wider view for some of the other clubs, um, Bournemouth obviously away at Old Trafford this weekend, but they followed that up with home game against Luton, away to Forest and then home to Fulham. So that doesn't look too bad on paper for them. Chelsea, worth mentioning, now come into a very nice run. Potential banana skin away at Everton this weekend. They then have Sheffield United at home, away to Wolves, Palace at home, away to Luton, and then Fulham at home all the way up into game week 21. So, um, yeah, I see lots of uh, surges in ownership for some of those Chelsea players. And I'll mention a couple of those in a moment too. Elsewhere, it's really the big teams that are coming into uh, some nice runs with not many of their players available on the waivers. So not massively worth mentioning at this stage. Let's get into the main picks then. And um, let's mention Dubravka um, because I haven't really had a chance to pod since Pope got that injury. So he's going to be out for what sounds like um, a few months. There's been some rumours about whether Newcastle bring in uh, an alternative backup in the January market. There's been talk of De Gea. Not sure about that because I still think Dubravka is absolutely fine as a backup keeper. But I suppose if you lose him, given the number of fixtures Newcastle are likely to play over the next few months, it could be disastrous for them. They are away at Spurs tonight, obviously. Um, but then Fulham at home, Luton away, Forest at home is a lovely little set of fixtures up until Christmas too. A little bit tricky then um, over New Year with Liverpool and City. But the fixtures then open up again through January, February. So um, yeah, definitely not not a bad grab, particularly if you were holding on to one of those struggling keepers, a Kaminsky, um, you know, or one of the keepers that fell out of fashion, a Ramsdale, Turner, then Dubravka is definitely worth uh, bringing in. Say ownership 50%, uh, around 50% at the moment in 10 team leagues. And I would expect that to keep creeping up uh, as the weeks go on. So for ease, um, for some of the rest of these players, I'm going to sort of go club by club because it's probably easier for it to um, to be broken down given that I haven't made quite the extensive notes that I would normally do ahead of an episode. I'm going to start with Brighton because um, there are some options there. Obviously Dunk was uh, suspended for their match last night against Brentford. We saw a very good performance from 18-year-old Hinshelwood who was promoted from the academy, played in at right back um, and scored the winning goal with a very impressive header late on. I think given how well he played, I can see him starting again at the weekend and saying what could be Brighton's first clean sheet of the season. They are still yet to keep a team out, but I think at home to Burnley at the moment is as good a chance as any. Going forward, it's it's difficult to really name um, many of their attackers. They're going to be reasonable for you to pick up. Jao Pedro's ownership is 99%. Gross, 95 Ferguson, almost 100%. And the only one with uh, relative uh, availability in 10-team leagues is Adingra at 45%. Um, I would certainly expect that to rise. He's definitely not a bad grab. And given the injuries, very likely to uh, to play again. And we should mention Brentford away at Sheffield United. Obviously, losing in Brumo is a big miss for them. Um, it pretty much guarantees, I think, Neil Mopé and Visser starting. Mopé's ownership at the moment is just 62% in 10-team leagues. So there's plenty of uh, Mopés out there in waiver piles. I certainly wouldn't bet against any uh, visiting striker to uh, Sheffield United at the moment. Two goals and two assists so far for the season. Not bad considering the number of minutes he's played. Um, and as I say, a very good opportunity for him to build on that. 
Biss has been a little bit quiet recently. Um, I don't think he's got an attacking return in about six, five or six games now. Um, his last goal came against Burnley in game week nine. Last night was the first game uh, that Vissa didn't start. They just started with a two-pronged attack of Mopay and Mbumo. Obviously then came on in the first half to replace Brian Mbumo. Um, and, you know, given their other injuries and the fact that Tony still isn't back, he will continue to play for the time being. And say if he is available in your league, potentially if you're in a very small league, he could be um, worth a grab. But for most leagues, there aren't many Vissas about to get on the Mbumo um, injury front, naturally, there will be lots of people then wondering now what to do. Um, details came out today. Well, some detail came out today that the injury isn't great and that he's likely to be out for a few weeks. Um, given the timing of that and, and the fact that the African Cup of Nations is due to start um, in January, that runs 13th of Jan with the final being played on the 11th of February that's potentially quite a long time where we don't see Mbumo in the league now that sounds bad on paper you know it's early December now talking about February potentially um, before we see him in a Brentford shirt again but actually due to the FA Cup games coming in and things like that and also the fact that uh, Brentford have a blank game week in game week 18 um, because uh, their fixture against City will be rescheduled because City are playing in the Club World Cup um, between now and the 3rd of February, Brentford only play six Premier League games. So actually the decision to hold uh, Mbumo, I think, becomes a lot easier because it, from the sounds of it already, his injury doesn't sound that bad that it would take him beyond that point. Um, Say so the built-in fact that he'd have missed uh, two or three games anyway, um, just from being in the African Cup of Nations. So it's not the worst timing for him to pick up an injury like that. So unless you're in a very small league, so if you're in sort of a six six teams or less uh, league, I think he's an easy hold on the bench. Always caveated, of course, it depends who else you're carrying. If you've got a Madison and a De Bruyne already on the bench, then um, you might have to make some harder decisions. But I think for most people, he is just one that you park on the bench. And then for Fulham, just lots of, um, lots of potential options here. Raul Jimenez... His ownership is just slightly higher than um, Neil Mopé. Now, if I had the option, I would definitely take Raul Jimenez at the moment because if he can sort of carry on with that form and get anywhere back to what he was in a Wolf shirt, then he is just a far better player than than Mopé and with a far better support cast at the moment in attack. Um, Willian's ownership is just 42%, so he's available for most. Alex Awobi is hidden gem territory. He's owned in less than 5% of leagues. Um, and Andreas Pereira is the other interesting one. I mean, he's been... A pretty, um, pretty decent draft asset for the last uh, last year or two. If you look at his um, his ownership map, which you can see for all players on our waiver planner, if you click on his uh, his draft map in ten team leagues, he was drafted in more than half the drafts that went out there. So fifty five percent ownership at the beginning, that rose to just nearly seventy percent come game week five, and then since then, um, you know, as the goals and assists have pretty much dried up. That has just slowly, slowly dwindled to the point that he's now owned in less than 30% of leagues. So in other words, more than 70% of 10-team leagues out there, he is available. And I fully expect us to see a spike in that graph now ahead of game week 16. And I wouldn't blame you. He's probably somebody I'm looking at um, to bring in this week. I've personally been um, holding on to Jack Harrison for the last uh, couple of weeks as a bit of a punt as my fifth mid-spot. 
hasn't really been doing anything. So if he doesn't uh, if he doesn't do much against Newcastle tonight, I'll be looking to move him out of one of those Fulham guys. Then let's move on to Chelsea. Um, I pretty much watched all of the uh, United Chelsea match last night. That was the main one I chose to watch live, and yeah, the result flatters Chelsea really. A two one defeat um, really doesn't show just how dominant United were. Um, McTominay could have had a hat trick. Uh, Chelsea just could barely s- string a few passes together, and, and it looked like they turned a corner a bit over the last few weeks. But they've completely gone back to, uh, or last night anyway, they completely went back to the Chelsea that we saw over the first couple of months. Palmer remains a sort of shining light in that team, um, and I think given the way City are struggling at the moment, they'd probably love to have Cole Palmer coming off the bench or even starting games for them, given how well he's doing at the moment. Now, Palmer is a player with an absolutely meteoric rise in draft this season. Um, in 10 team leagues, he was drafted in 3% of leagues, you know, so pretty much none of you out there had him. And then basically between game week six, where his ownership was 14%, um, to now his ownership is 92%. Now, if you are in one of those 8% of leagues that he is still available, he is a must have. And I'm imagining. Um, those 8% of leagues where he's still available, this 10-team leagues, probably are inactive or have some sort of waiver, self-imposed waiver embargo or whatever, um, because there's no way he wouldn't have been mopped up already. Obviously getting talked about in normal FPL circles as a must-have now, particularly as Mbumo's out and a lot of people had him. Elsewhere, there isn't um, isn't much to say in terms of availability for um for Chelsea, Enzo Fernandez's ownership is just 34%. Was on that most wavered in list um, this midweek, which is, you know, a knee jerk for the two goals he scored in the game week 14 fixture at Brighton. I'm still not convinced by Enzo in the slightest. He's obviously off penalties now, which was probably the small um, redeeming feature you could have had in him as a draft asset. I mean, fundamentally, I don't see him as a £100 million uh, rated midfielder. He's, he's sort of a, a, a jack of all, master of none. But um, the main thing that I noticed yesterday, which really stood out to me, again, it's not, not that relevant from a draft point of view, but um, his pressing, which obviously is a massive feature for any Pochettino team. And having watched uh, Pochettino Spurs for, for many years and enjoying that football, the press was just immaculate. Everybody knew what they were going to do. The triggers were clear. Um, there were subtleties to it. There was nuance to it, depending on the opposition. It was fast, it was ferocious, and more often than not, it worked. And um, there were just a number of occasions last night where, um, you know, Maguire or Amrabat or McTominay would have the ball in midfield. Um, and Enzo just seemed to be chasing shadows and completely, you know, and it's one of those things, if one player is out on the press, the whole thing breaks down because there's then an avenue for the opposing team to play out. And um, yeah, as I said, more often than not, it's one of those things you, you do this in when, when you're watching football matches as soon as you cotton on to something you can't not um, track a certain player you can't not track certain situations as they evolve and yeah every time United were playing out from the back particularly um, in that first half Enzo was just seemed to n- never really know whether he was to go forwards or sit back and too often was just getting caught in between so not a massive um, talking point for from a draft point of view um, but either way, uh, he's not one I'm particularly interested in in picking up. But if you really, really, really want um, a bit of Chelsea over the next few weeks, which, you know, say Everton, Sheffield United and Wolves in the next three, so I wouldn't blame you. He is going to be the easiest way in. 
So talking about that game last night, United is probably um, a good team to transition to now. Biggest team news from from yesterday, if you you know you can read more into it than maybe it was worth because it is a midweek fixture, um, a lot of congestion. So you could say it was for a rest, but I would say pretty categorically that um, that Rashford was dropped. That game came on for a few minutes at the end and didn't really look massively um, enthusiastic about coming on for a chilly five, ten minutes at the end. Um, And I think it was a move that had to come because he's just not been pulling his weight at all. I've been saying for a little while now um, in my main league WhatsApp group that I I do have a, a working theory that Rashford could be the uh, the rotten apple in that group as he has been one of the few constants now for a number of years a number of managers and a number of you know patterns of deterioration in form morale and then results yeah I'm just not sure he's um, necessarily a helpful presence or a helpful voice in the dressing room could be completely wrong um, but either way performances haven't been good enough and I think he's been rightly dropped the proof will really be on on Saturday afternoon because if he doesn't start in that game at home to Bournemouth, then he has definitely been dropped. And so if Garnacho comes in again, that is a big boost for him. And if he can take advantage of that with an attacking return, um, could just cement down a spot for him slightly longer term. Garnacho's ownership in 10 team leagues at the moment is just 36%. So he's definitely an option for someone looking to move in on a fourth, fifth midfield pick ahead of the weekend. The other one that we sort of have to talk about, though, is McTominay. Two goals against Chelsea and, say, could have been at least one more. Um, a really good save by Sanchez to uh, to block out a header from him. And in terms of the league... Um, McTominay is now head and shoulders clear of anyone else in United shirt in terms of goal scored this season with five. Um, next is Fernandez with three. Rashford's got two. And then um, a whole string of players on just one. Goals obviously have been difficult for United to come by this season. And that is just a general reflection of that. Hoyland yet to, um, to net in the league. And maybe once he gets going, I'm sure he can catch up. But yeah, McTominay is basically undroppable at the moment. He's working hard, getting into great positions and just turning into um, a real total footballer. I mean, when he plays for Scotland, sometimes he's playing in the back three. Comes into the United team, he's a centre defensive midfielder um, and then making those Frank Lampard runs to um, to score important goals. You know, not just goals, important goals. Thinking back to that game against Brentford in game week eight at home for, for a, a massive late comeback win. So yeah, he's he's sort of personally responsible for six league points so far this season. And he's another one for me who I just sort of think is too hard to ignore at the moment, despite whatever you might think of him before. Uh, and is definitely a player I'm going to be looking to waver in along with the likes of those Fulham guys for this weekend. In defence, Harry Maguire remains a decent option, not even 50% ownership. Um, I would expect that to creep higher this weekend. Lindelof too, potentially, whose ownership is just behind that of Maguire's. The other big injury news from this week is at Liverpool and um, Joel Matip has torn his ACL, which basically ruled him out for the rest of the season, which is a shame. It sounds like he could have played his last game for Liverpool now. Um, You know, he's been a very, as they say, a great servant for that club. But um, in terms of draft, FPL obviously opens the door for Canate to come in as I'd say pretty much the main centre-back partner for Virgil van Dijk 
there is some some availability for Canate out there. His, his ownership at the moment is around seventy five percent. That's been quite up and down. It did it did come up about ten percent this week, which is reasonably substantial. And I'd, I'd imagine that is off the back of the um, the Matip injury news. Um, Joe Gomez is obviously the only other one that could feature. He came at left back for the midweek game to give Simicast a rest. I'd expect Simicast to line up again for this weekend with Van Dyke, Canate and Alexander-Arnold, who himself is um, starting to get back some attacking form and rack up the points that way. My most hidden gem pick this week, so that's a player with less than 10% ownership in 16-team leagues, is going to be McAtee for Sheffield United. He's a player I always like watching. Um, been slightly sad that he hasn't had as much of a chance this season, but obviously now there's been a managerial change, Wilder's in, and it was good to see that he was put straight into the uh, first eleven for their match against Liverpool, had a very good chance to score early in the first half, but hit his shot straight at the keeper. I think if they if they want to start getting some meaningful results, he does have the quality to um, potentially be the difference in tight games. And I think at home to Brentford, that's the sort of game they need to really be targeting for three points if they've got any chance of staying up. And yeah, he's a, he's a real wildcard pick, but that's the point of this pick, is to really scrape the barrel. And um, yeah, Maxi, someone I've always got my eye on. And he is my most hidden gem pick for this week. So that's it for this episode. A reminder that the waiver deadline ahead of game week 16 will be at 11am tomorrow, Friday the 8th of December. So yeah, not a lot of time to listen to this before then. And um, I'm sure many of you are going to end up listening to this after that has happened and be messing around in free agency as always, regardless of the time before deadline, happy to take any messages uh, and reply to any specific conundrums that you're having. I'm also going to be updating the uh, predicted lineups um, tonight as this is going out. So for most of you, if you're listening to this, I would imagine those predicted lineups have already been looked at and tweaked. So go ahead to draftfc.co.uk and check those out. They are available to non-members as well as members. So for those of you that aren't signed up at all, if you just head to the homepage, that is there in the menu to check out the predicted lineups. For those of you obviously that are signed up, you get the uh, the special predicted lineups on steroids, which um, you know plums in all of the data from your league, shows you who's available, etc. So um, yeah, we'll make sure those are definitely up tonight so that any last minute tinkering tomorrow morning can be done with some help from that. For those of you that are members, um, you might have noticed uh, a few tweaks to the site this week. The fixture difficulty rating table has been moved to the main um, the main left-hand side menu that was previously, um, but still is also hidden in the uh, in the squad planner. But just making more of a feature of that because I know lots of you make use of those and similar tables from uh, you know around the FPL content world. So just making sure ours is is front and center there. The other feature that you should be able to now see is the monthly report feature. Um, And if you click on that, what that does is every calendar month generates a report of how the league has gone. So if you, you know, like our league does, for example, we track manager of the month, things like that. So this does it all for you. It shows you for each team who their best performing players were, who their worst performing players were. And then in a lovely little breakdown table, tells you exactly how many points they got from defenders, forwards, keepers, mids, uh, and a full breakdown of how their points came and how they lost points as well. So, for example, if I click on the November report, conveniently for our home league, I was manager of the month with uh, 135 points. And I can see that I got 26 from defenders, 41 from forwards, 3 from my keepers 
and 65 from mids. And I can see that Nicholas Jackson, Salah and Gibbs White were my top performing players there. Um, you can see that I lost four points to low cards, nine points on goals conceded. Um, and just to say, the full breakdown there, all the way down to uh, to bottom place manager who got 94 points and everyone in between. So yeah, I know lots of you out there. Um, I know there's some big uh, leagues from other content creators who do similar reports and things. We're just trying to make that easier and also bring that element to really any one of you, whether you're in a casual league or a serious league. If you signed up, then you can take advantage of that um, every single month and share it with the rest of your league rivals, though you're probably more likely to share better you do. But we know from our data that those of you that are signed up at Draft FC tend to do better than those that aren't. For those of you that haven't ever signed up at Draft FC before, if you sign up and use the code DraftFCPOD, you'll get a one month free trial, which will let you um, experience everything we've got on offer, full, complete access from now until January, depending on when you sign up with no obligation to carry on, should it not be your cup of tea. If you do want to message, the easiest way is on Twitter or X. Um, give us a follow at draft underscore FC. Um, let me know any trades that have gone down, any moves you're wondering about, anything at all. Um, I'll either talk about it on next week's pod or get back to you before the deadline. So that's it for this episode. Uh, again, sorry for the more rambly, twisting, winding road nature of this episode. Many thanks again for helping us get to the milestone of 150 episodes and provide us with uh, the same enthusiasm we had a few years ago when all of this kicked off. Uh, best of luck ahead of the weekend. And as always, stay shook. Sure.